0: this morning. If you would stand, we'll continue with our song service. Luke chapter 18, verse one says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Like I said, it's good to be in the Lord's house today. Brother Branson, would you open us in a word of prayer, please?
1: And singing hymn number 227, save (laughs) the blood. Thank you. Once again, we'll sing hymn number 31, He Lives.
2: Seated.
3: My Jesus, I love thee.
1: M number 174.
2: my soul. Something happened and now I know he touched me and made me whole. Since I met this blessed. Floods my soul, something.
0: face away as wounds which marred the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon a tree My sin upon his shoulders, ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. Still, it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is. Faith. No power, no I know with all my heart his wounds have pained my
1: would take your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 139, Psalms 139, thankful to be an independent Baptist, therefore I don't have a hierarchy telling me what to preach, when to preach. I have one that tells me what to preach. Uh, sometimes you may not like what I preach. Guess what? you got to talk to him. Okay? And that may mean that something's going on in here, that between you and him, rather than with me and you. So anyhow. But every year about this time in January, there's an acknowledgment that goes on around the United States of sanctity of human life. And I think that that is an important event, although, to be quite honest with you, I always miss it by one week. I'm either a week early or a week behind. And so the, it was recognized last week, but I already had a sermon for last week and didn't have time to prepare for this. And so we're going to have our sanctity of human life one week behind. That's all right. It's okay. Life is important to God. Very important to God. So we want to take time and acknowledge that here this morning. I'm going to begin reading in verse number one. I would ask that if you can to stand in reverence to the reading of the word of God. Begin reading verse number one encourage you to follow along. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Okay, now, this is an important psalm. Okay, if you think you're, as a Christian, you're living your life for you, you need to realize that's not so. God's watching you, okay? That's far more important than mommy and daddy watching you. Because with mommy and daddy watching you, you can get away with stuff, right? Your spouse watching you, you can get away with stuff. But with God, you don't get away with nothing, okay? O oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsetting and my uprising, thou understandest my thought afar off. So you may think, well, no one really knows the inner me because I've got this thought and I, I shield it and I hide it. God knows. He knows. Thou compasses my path and my lying down are acquainted with all my ways. Well, no one will see me do this. Oh yeah, God does. You kind of get the picture? God does? Yeah. For there is not a word in my tongue. Uh-oh. But lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Well, I'm going to, in anger, I'm going to rattle off a curse word or something like that. God hears it. It's always amazing as pastor. I'm not preaching yet, okay? Clock hadn't started. It's always amazing to me as pastor... When, uh, especially like when I worked in the world, but I've been around Christians too. Uh, when I worked in the world and I'd walk up on a group of guys and they'd be telling a dirty story, they'd go, oh, here comes the preacher. Or they would rattle off a bunch of cuss words. They'd turn to me and go, I- I'm, so, I'm sorry. Look, I'm not the one you apologize to, right? He hears you, he knows. Even if you say it under your breath, say it in your mind. He hears that. He knows that. Okay? Verse 5. I hope we get to where I'm going to preach today. (laughs) Thou hast beset me behind before and laid thy hand upon me. Man, I'm so glad he knows what's in front of me and behind me and his hands on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. He is so much higher than us and cares so much us. If you ever feel like God, that no one cares, God cares, and he tells you about it right here. Whether shall I go from thy spirit or flee, or, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. There's no place to hide from God. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the outermost parts of the sea, Even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike unto thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them, wow, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. Can you imagine that? Creator God loves you enough that when, when you were like in that stage of egg and sperm and that he was writing in a book. Oh, this guy. This this guy's going to have green eyes. This guy's going to have brown hair. This this lady, she's going to be short. She's going to marry Kevin Metzinger. He's, I just. I'm blown away. He cared enough to put anything about me in a book. It's established. I, when I get to heaven, I may want to see that book. Can I see that book? I want to see what you wrote about me. Why did you put in there? as going to be big and fat. Why didn't? Anyway, we'll get back to it. I forgot where I was, but any of it's good. So we'll start in verse seventeen again. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? Am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. i just stop there a minute and say, if you're a child of God in this room today, you're not an enemy to each other. That's not who he's talking about. He's talking about the enemy outside. You may get a little disgruntled with someone that's a brother or sister, but they're always a brother and sister, and you should not hate them. Matter of fact, he's given a clear path to work whatever problem there is out. His desire is that we function in unity and love for one another because he loved us so much. And we are to love each other. That's that. Well, I don't like that person. Well, then you need change your liker. Because you may live next door to him for the rest of eternity in heaven. If I was God, that's what I'd do. You're going to split a studio apartment in heaven for the rest of eternity. Be glad I'm not God.
3: 23. Search me, O
1: God. Uh Uh-oh. This is serious. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts.
3: There's times I don't want him to. But he does it. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Lord Jesus, I love you today.
1: I love you because you first loved me. There wasn't much to love when it came to Kevin Metzinger, but you loved me. You cared for me. I believe Jesus would have died on the cross just for me. For that I say thank you. Thank you that as a young man I was presented with the gospel for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, dear God, you didn't give up on me in the So thankful that night that I got on my knees and I cried out to you. I confessed my sins and you saved me. Sealed me. And one day I'll be in heaven with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that you cared about me when I wasn't even a thought. Mom and Dad had no idea you knew what you were doing. Thank you for where you brought me in life. God, help me to recognize the value of life. Minister to us today through your word. Have your will done in our lives and our hearts. And Lord, help us to leave here changed in our walk with you. Love you. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Genesis 1, 26-28. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Today we are going to consider human life and what the Bible teaches us about it. And the first point is is a simple point. It's one I've used quite often. There is one giver of life. One and only one, Genesis 2, 7 said, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. No one's ever been able to create a man but God. The scientists, with all their great wisdom, they cannot duplicate this feat. They cannot take dirt. They cannot form a man. They cannot breathe into that body the breath of life. They can't do it. They might copycat and they might replicate some things. They cannot copy and replicate everything. If there was a pattern to be assigned for the breath of life, uh, a pattern that would be assigned to the breath of life, it would only belong to God. He's the only one who can give it. Men can make oxygen, but not the breath of life. Only God created that. God creates life. I think it's important to include in this message that God creates life in the womb of a woman. I don't know if you've seen the reels where they go up to people and they ask them, so is, is it only women that can become pregnant? And then that it, it spins to, well, what about transgenders? Well, they were never intended to. God created male and female, man and woman. Our second point, don't you like the way them. The message is moving. Don't worry, I'll catch it up. There is only one sustainer of life. One giver, one sustainer. Second Peter 1.3 says, According to his divine power hath he given unto us all things that pertaineth unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. The giver of life is the sustainer of life. I heard a story... Just yesterday, my son was sharing with me, uh, there was a middle-aged guy from his church in the hospital down at St. Luke's, and they were operating on his heart. The doctor was holding his heart in his hand, and when he touched the aorta, it disintegrated. Now, it's a pretty vital part of the heart, right? So they immediately went to the leg, Uh, pulled out a vein or artery, whatever it is that you would do that. I'm not a doctor, I don't know. And they created a new aorta, put it on the bottom side of the heart. They also installed two mechanical valves because his heart couldn't take any other. Man's doing what man can do, but God created the perfect. Man's just trying to sustain, and it's how long will that even work? You know what I'm saying? God is the giver and sustainer. It doesn't matter how smart men might be. It doesn't matter what the medicines is that they might have. It doesn't doesn't matter what devices they may have made. When God says it is done, it is done. It is done. So I would challenge you to live each day as if it's your last. To live it with no regrets. To live it loving people and loving one another and sharing the goodness of God where you can but when it comes to the sustainer of life, there is only one. Now that I'm getting older, I begin to think to myself, I wonder how long God will let me live. Am I going to live till I'm 70? I've already lived past the age that my dad passed away. I've already outlived one of my brothers. Where's my timeline going to be? Is it going to be 70? Is it going to be 80? Uh, I sure hope that's not 90. That's uh, just, I hope Jesus is here by then. Amen. Um, but where is that spot going to be? I don't know, but God knows. And so my point is to not worry about when I'm going to go. My point is to make sure I'm ready to go. To make sure I'm ready to go. Well, what does that kind of look like? Well, that would include that I'd want all my friends and all my loved ones to know about my Savior. I'd want them to know about Jesus. I want them to know where I'm going and why I know that I'm going there. I don't want him to step into some service and they go, I didn't know Kevin Metzinger went to church. I didn't know Kevin Metzinger was a religious guy. I didn't know Kevin Metzinger believed all those things. I want him to know those things right up front. It was kind of a unique service here on Friday night as we had the memorial service for Mrs. Cooper. And as we recounted her life, and it was like I didn't have to prove it to people. They saw her live it, right? And so it ought to be that way as we live our lives, that everyone would know that, hey, we have put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. He is the giver and taker of life, and I will just trust him. I will allow him to use me for his honor and for his glory. These bodies can become racked with disease and infirmities, all caused by the fall of mankind there in the garden. But it is only God who is the one who decides when our life is over or should be. Our third point is this. There is one who orders the end of man's life. The, the biblical way, the, the God way, is that there is one who orders the end of man's life. James four thirteen through 15 says, Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue their year and buy and sell and get gain whereas ye you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. It's amazing as, uh, as I pastor and as I interact with people um, how, how quickly things can change. Like yesterday morning, got a phone call from Marty about Glenda being put into the hospital down in Wichita. And, uh, you know, a week ago, she didn't even know that she was sick. And matter of fact, until she went to the doctor, didn't know how serious that was. And then boom, uh, she's being transported from down here in Southeast Kansas out to Wesley by ambulance to be put in the hospital. You just don't know what a day holds. We were at, the funeral uh, memorial Friday night, friend of mine who many of you know, Tim Golba, uh, was there, uh, and then we uh, found out yesterday that Tim's brother's about ready to die. He goes, "I never had any idea," and so I, I just quit. I, you know, I'm very inquisitive. I'm like my mother. I gotta know everything. My wife will tell you, she's shaking her head. I want to know everything. So I'm texting with Tim, and I'm like, "So what happened? Did he fall off a ladder?" Because He's expected to die just any time. He said he slipped on the ice on his porch, twisted his ankle. Sends me a picture of a foot and bruise on the bottom. Now he hangs in the balance of life because, Tim's words, he wouldn't keep his foot elevated and it created blood clots that are in his lungs. Are you kidding me? I walked out the front step, I slipped, I twisted my ankle. And now Tim says more than likely he will be gone shortly. Life. Just like that. Just that quick. We could be headed home today. And be involved in a serious accident. You could be the pitcher of health and stand up and, boom, a heart attack and die right there. Just don't know. So how should we live our life? I think we ought to live our life as if this is the last day. We ought to make it count for God's honor and for his glory. I want to make make sure I get as much living in as I can live. I want to make sure I can impact as many as I can impact, but I want to live... At the close of the day, I want to sit back and go, whoa, it was great just to waste the day. No, I want to say, man, what a great day. I I was able to invest. I was able to grow, and I was able to help some people and, and love on some people and encourage some people and encourage myself in the things of God. For our life is but a vapor. You ever go to a cemetery? I go to too many. Go to cemeteries, and you, you ever go in, and as you're going in, especially an in older cemetery, not in Kansas here, in the Kansas City metro area, because they've all got rules now, and you've got to have flat stones because they're lazy and they just want to mow the grass and they're not worried about the stones. But if you go to like my, where my parents are buried, just over the hill over here, it's an old, old, old cemetery. It's founded back in the 1800s. And you walk in, and there's huge huge headstones, huge, and they got someone's name on there, I'm like, wow, someone had a lot of money, probably not a lot of wisdom, they wanted that big stone, but it doesn't mean nothing to be, I don't know them, I walked by, because I grew up just right here off 47th Street, and the uh, cemetery's just right over here, off of Mines Road, and and I walk in there and I go, I know that family. Matter of fact, this last summer I had some people that I knew from high school that asked me if I would bury their mom because their pastor was out of town. I said, yeah, I'll bury your mom. I didn't know her personally, but I knew the kids. I went to school with them. And so I do this service and we get out to the cemetery. It's on my cemetery. We get down with the body and it's two blocks away from my mom and dad. I, I told them, I said, I feel like I'm standing on hollowed ground right here. My mom and dad's right here. They're listening, and my little brother's right there. I said, I hope they pay attention. And they went ahead and did the, the internment of the body right there. We just don't know. We just don't know. Might we live each day realizing that as a vapor, it's going to come and it's going to go, And the impact I make is not going to be felt by some cold stone that stays in my place. It's going to be made in the impact of the lives that I can affect. Within a generation or uh, so, they're not even going to remember who you were. you You may be the richest man on earth. Some of them are remembered, but a majority of them dead and gone. So... God orders our lives. God orders our lives. Truth is that man cannot add a day to his life. No matter how much money you have, no matter what you do, you cannot add a day. Matthew 6, 25-27 says, Where therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet of your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to a stature? Or I would say, which one of you can add one day to your life by taking thought? I can't add, any, I can't add 18 inches to my height. You'd probably like to do that, wouldn't you, Lalo?
3: I think you would, right?
1: Yeah, okay. I'm being nice to him right now. We can't add anything to our life. We can't add to our height. We can't, add to, we, we can't do that. Men are continuing to, to try to, to judge when life is important and when life is not. They're trying to decide who deserves to live and who deserves to die. Euthanasia is on the rise and well accepted in many states now. And to be quite honest, if you're getting old, you need to kind of keep one eye open and stay pretty sharp because there may be someone looking to put you down if you're not careful. If we become old and not viable, if medical costs are too much and too great, we're not careful, we will become a generation that picks and chooses according to finance whether or not an individual ought to live. I'm so glad to know that Jesus has already, I believe, predetermined the day I'm going to die. It's already set. It's already determined. I told my boys about 10 years ago, I said, if I die young, I said, no, I die happy. Because where I don't want to get is uh, in the nursing home by myself, drooling on myself. I don't want to be that. I really don't. I don't think anyone ever wants to set out to be that. But I want to be in the presence of the Lord. I don't know how many times I've stood at the bedsides of loved ones and had them express to me, why am I still here? And to be honest with you, God is the giver and taker. I don't know. I don't know. So what about suicide? We live in a day and age that suicides, is a deal. Jerry Johnson wrote in his book, Why Suicide? He said, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. No matter how bleak things may seem, there's always a solution. And it's it's not easy, and it's not always, I mean, it's a difficult conversation to have, but it's one important for us to have while you're all sitting here alive. Suicide is not the answer. You hurt too many people. You hurt too many people. There's always a way to deal with whatever the issue is. Always a way to deal with it. Temporary solution to pain is not going to be a lasting effect. You'll cause and create more pain in the life of your family and loved ones. You may be relieved of pain, but you will cause great pain. Spouses need to watch for signs of deep depression, loneliness, rejection, anger, unfulfillment in job or in life in general. Children, teens in particular, moms and dads, you know you need to keep an eye on them. You need to keep an, an open accountability. I tell you, in this day and age, it just <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not raising a teen right now, um, it's just you've just got you need to stay on your toes you need to watch and if you if they have the electronic capabilities you need to watch those too i mean it's just amazing the kids need to know that they're loved they need to know that they're greatly loved they need to know that they can always come and talk to mom and dad they always need to know they've got that door they've got that ear that'll listen and i hope that the kids from our church know I'm here, I I love you, I care about you. I held many of you when you are just,
3: (coughs) Yeah,
1: I did. I didn't drop you either, okay? Just want you to know that. You've always got someone. There's always a way around, whatever the problem is. Parents have the responsibility to protect your kids from sin. In the home out of the home, you've got that. We, we've got to watch out as parents to realize our children are not, are not, are not, your children are not perfect. They are dirty, rotten sinners. Sorry, someone had to tell you that. I mean, if you think your kids are perfect, you're in for a world to hurt. A world to, It's bad enough realizing they're dirty, rotten sinners how much pain they can get you through. Suicide's not the answer. This body of people right
3: here loves people. And I was
1: on staff in Topeka, Kansas, We held church service Sunday morning, Sunday night. Took this guy's hand, I'd seen him for years. Took his hand, said hi. We all went home. That night he went to his basement, took a gun, and took his life. Been in church just hours before. Took hands with people just an hour before. All he would have had to say is, I need some help. I need help. because I've dealt with some depression in my life, I know that those people don't always want to say that they need help. That's why we need to be alert to those around us. Is everything okay? Watch how they answer that. Build some friendships and relationships that you can read people, you know? Just don't fly in and church is over and out flying out. Develop some friendships. Get to know some people. Listen. They may be just, someone may just be looking for an ear to unload some stuff on. Like this morning, I was walking through the church and this lady began to unload on me. And she's very apologetic when she's done. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. It's all right. I want to know. I care for you. You're my sister. I love you. It's okay. Whatever else. And you know, what, do whatever. And it wasn't, you know, like a suicidal thing or anything like that. It was just stress. You got to release it, right? Got to have somewhere to go with it. And maybe your spouse can't handle it, you know? Um,
3: but I want you to know we love
1: you, we care for you. I'd much rather sit down and listen to your pains and your heartache and your sorrow and pray with you. Stand over your body. Say, man, I wish we'd done more. Amen. And we go and bury a body. And I'm sure there's plenty here. Plenty of people here that love you and care for you. Life, it's important. Why life in a womb is important. Life outside the womb is important. God's the great giver. God is the great observer. He's the great carer. He's the great lover. And he will be the taker. Have you ever wondered what it's going to be like when it's over? I can't imagine. I can only look to Luke, and there in the book of Luke, where the rich man dies and lifts his eyes in torments, and he sees... Abraham with Lazarus the beggar. I wonder what that ride's like with, in Abraham's bosom. Going to be, at that time, it was going to paradise. We know now to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I wonder what that transition's like. Is it just so quick that, boom, you know, breath heaven, breath heaven? I can't even say it that fast. It's going to happen. I believe just like, like quicker than I can snap my fingers. Just that quick, absent from the body, present with the Lord.
3: Now, I think the last thing you want to do is to show up in muddy boots.
1: I remember as a kid going into the house with muddy shoes on, and mom would say, whoa, stop it, right, right there. Get back over at that door, and you get them shoes off right now. Right now, you get those off. Can you imagine what it would be like to show up in heaven with muddy boots? What, what are you doing? You've been just tranching through sin and living all sinful and living, living like this, and now you show up and you've got all that junk on you? Uh, I don't want to show up with muddy boots. So every day I want to pray, God, you forgive me of my sins. And I listen the ones that I know about and ask forgiveness for even the ones I don't know about. I don't want to show up with muddy boots when I get to heaven. Well, that was a different take. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Thank you for Psalms 139. What a blessing it is to know that you cared about me when I was yet being formed that there's a book written with the characteristics that you allowed in me. God, what a great God you are. Thank you for your love and your care. Lord, I pray that we'd be mindful as a church that where life begins, begins in the womb, is something that you ordain and that man shouldn't have anything to do with taking of it. Lord, that you would Help us to drive home the importance of life in our lives. And Lord, might we even be mindful as people get older, the importance of their life. And even the special needs children around us, might we recognize how important they are to you. God, might we be great lovers of life also. Then Lord, as we think about death one day, Lord, help us to keep our focus on you. Know that you will ordain and order that according to your will and help us at the time appropriate to be ready to accept what your will is. Take this invitation, use it for your glory and for your honor. We love you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Just as I am, God's spoken to your heart. The altar's open. Encourage you to come. Uh, ask that you remember to pray for Stephen and Reagan and little baby Miles. Can't wait to see that little guy out and about. And uh, you would be praying for them, uh, still back and forth between the hospital and stuff. And so uh, continue to pray there. Annual church business meeting will be Wednesday night. Uh, we will be discussing what last year was like financially setting a budget for this next year, a few projects and so forth. We'll be having election of officers. I uh, encourage you to be here for that. Uh, prayer request: if you have prayer requests uh, and you'd like those included in prayer bulletin uh, that we put out every Wednesday night, uh, in February, we're, we're gonna start clean slate. And so it's gonna be empty. And if you have prayer requests that are on there and you want on there, you, you need to get Uh, with Brother Lalo and let him know so that they can be on there. He told me today there's only been like six, so we're going to have a big open uh, thing there. And so if you want your prayer requests to remain, you need to see him. Uh, Couples retreat coming up February 15th, 16th, 16th, 17th, uh, down at Branson. Uh, There's a website right here, livingunited.com. If you need help with that, Brother Lalo will be glad to help you. He knows all about it. Um, but uh, we'd love to have you go and always a good time. Uh, missions conference coming up February 28th through the 3rd and uh, excited about our missions conference this year. We'll have the GRITs, uh, already missionaries we support to England. The Carters going to Portugal and the Sandellas going to Czechoslovakia and so that'll be exciting to have them. Continue to pray for one another. Remember to pray for Miss Glenda Bush if you would. Uh, she's in the hospital in Wesley in Wichita, and I know that they would appreciate your prayers for her. Pray for all these that are listed. I know that they would appreciate those prayers. Well, it's good to have Biggin back, and uh, not so much Margie, but no, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. It's good to have Danny and and Miss Margie back and uh, living in Oklahoma now, uh, but always uh, going to be a part of our life here. Brother Danny, would you close us in a word of prayer today?